this is Lisa Pierce, Executive Editor of Packaging Digest, with another episode of Packaging Possibilities, a podcast that reveals what's new and what's next for packaging executives and engineers, designers, and developers. In this episode, I'll be talking with Anders Baring, Vice President, Global Public Affairs for Mars Incorporated, the food company. Our topic today, Earth Day, is the Global Plastics Treaty and Mars's involvement. Anders, hi, thanks for joining us today. Hi, Lisa, and uh, thanks uh, so much for having me, having me on the show uh, today. It's our pleasure. Uh, really appreciate you giving us your time. So, Anders, um, what is the Global Plastics Treaty and why is it needed? Yeah, thanks, Lisa, and what an appropriate day to have that uh, conversation. Uh, so, so the Plastics Treaty is basically the United Nations now coming together, agreeing on um, the fact that, that that plastic waste is a big issue uh, and an issue that uh, that's going to take a lot of stakeholders around the world to address. Um, and uh, and we obviously, as a company, uh, support that uh, very much. Yes, and there's been a lot of activity around dealing with the plastics pollution issue. Um, it's not necessarily limited to packaging, but it does involve packaging quite a bit. But um, one of them is the Plastics Pack Network by the Ellen um, MacArthur Foundation. So how is this treaty different from the pact that already exists? Yeah, so so I think we have uh, been uh, signatories to the work of the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, and I think uh, the work they've done have been um, uh, in, in, and shouldn't be underestimated in any way, because I think they've served as probably one of the most important catalysts of uh, making the world aware of the issues and the problems related to to plastics ending up in in the oceans or in nature or in places where it doesn't belong. Um, the Ellen MacArthur Foundation work has catalyzed companies uh, uh, like ours uh, involvement in the packaging space. It has helped us uh, get get our thoughts aligned with uh, with partners and peers around the world. Uh, but it's been very focused on uh, the corporate side of things uh, and has been extremely helpful for us. Now, we consider the Global Plastics Treaty the next catalyst of uh, of plastic change around the world. We see this as an opportunity to drive more momentum with additional stakeholders in, in addition to the ones who've been signatories to, to the EMF uh, work. Okay, um, so as I mentioned um, earlier, plastics are used in a lot of um, products as well as a lot of packaging. So does the treaty, it sounds like this is a little bit broader, does the treaty talk more or focus more on plastic products, uh, perhaps like um, a handle for a toothbrush or a small household appliance? Um, or is it really focusing on the plastics packaging because it's so visible um, once products are done, the packaging is what's left over. And that's mostly what people talk about when they talk about plastic pollution. They're talking about plastic packaging pollution. So how does how does the treaty um, define plastics in this instance? 
Yeah, well, uh, great questions. And I think uh, questions that a number of governments have been asking themselves also for a long time. So we'll see what happens as the treaty is negotiated and finalized amongst the, the member states. Uh, but I think what the plastic treaty will do, at least from the indications we have so far, is that it will recognize, as I think you're alluding to, that, that plastic is a material that we should uh, accept for what it is, which for a food producer like us, is a fantastic material in, in that it can preserve and protect great taste and durability uh, of, of our products. While plastic is a problematic uh, source of pollution, if it is not uh, discarded off in the right way, if it is not recycled and treated in the right way. So I guess our hope for the plastic treaty is that, that it will make that very clear, that plastic can be and is a fantastic material uh, with lots of, of good properties, including lightweight compared to a lot of its uh, alternatives out there. But it can also be immensely problematic if it is not uh, treated in the right way. Yes, uh, especially in the ocean where we're seeing a lot of the, it breaks down into the micro pieces that are then consumed by um, animals and, and the whatnot, which is, again, as you say, problematic. Indeed, and that's that's very much how we as Mars have been thinking about this. I think for, for us, it's essential that that it, that any packaging, whether that's plastic or anything else, uh, does not end up being waste and and does not end up in in nature, whether that's in forests or in or in the oceans. We would like to to get to a stage where uh, our packaging is uh, is part of a circular economy where it's either uh, uh, reused or uh, or recycled uh, and uh, and comes back to us as as new packaging material okay excellent um earlier when you identified this treaty you said the un global plastics treaty so i'm assuming then <clears throat> that the agreement is going to be with the united nation countries member countries as you mentioned um so uh, what I think about this is what percentage, <clears throat> excuse me, what percentage of the plastics pollution problem that we're seeing in the world today um, do those member countries represent? Because I seem to know that the vast majority of the pollution is coming from uh, Asia and yes. generally in that area, and that's not UN. Yeah, great question. So I think we think about the plastic pollution problem in, in, in different ways in different parts of the world. And when you mentioned uh, the biggest problem being in Asia, I think that would be referring to a lot of the plastic that ends up in the oceans or in nature. And I would agree with you that, that you can isolate a big chunk of that problem uh, there. Now, the rest of the world has its its own problems with, with plastics that not that's not necessarily discarded of in the right way or recycled or reused as we would like to see it uh, uh, as well. So this is very much a world problem, uh, which is why it's relevant to have a world organization like the UN address this. So, so the, the plastics treaty is coming out of the United Nations uh, Environment uh, Program. And what they've essentially agreed now is they're going to spend the next two years detailing what that treaty looks like. This is not something you do every day on every topic. It's a big signal to the world that this is a problem for the world and the solutions to the problem lies in that same uh, uh, organization as well. It, it needs its members, which is basically 193 countries around the world, 
which would address most of the countries we would think of when we think of also the plastic pollution in the ocean. So it does, in fact, include all the areas that we would find to be relevant. Um, and hence, we think of it as that catalyst of the next phase in addressing plastic waste. A wonderful point. I, I love, Anders, that you you mentioned how it's, it is a world issue, a world problem that we have to solve. And I know that a lot of the countries in the UN, um, in Europe, Europe was uh, one of the earliest sections of the world to recognize the sustainability issues, uh, going all the way back to the green dot in Germany, which I don't even know how it, easily 30, 40 years um, in the making, right? Yeah, correct. And I grew up just north of that border uh, from uh, Germany. So I remember the, the Grüne Punkt and, and, and those green dots uh, very well uh, as a sort of a, as, as a signal that, hey, you need to be aware of this and you need to think about what you do with your packaging waste when you're done. Uh, and I think what, what we are seeing now is uh, there's a recognition that that it is not a problem that's isolated so that we can we can leave that responsibility to those Asian countries where we feel they might be far away and that's where the plastic plastic problem is. No, this is a problem that we all have a responsibility to address everywhere in the world. Now, we may be in different stages because in Germany, the conversation we're having is is not necessarily about whether it ends up in, in the ocean today. But it's a question about whether the whether the plastic packaging waste is incinerated when you're done with it. And we as a producer that's committed to essentially uh, eventually getting to a stage where all of our plastic packaging is, is circular, don't like it being burned when it's, you know, when it's in, reached it, its end of use. We would like that packaging to be sorted in Germany. We would like that packaging to be uh, recycled and treated so that we could turn it into uh, uh, sustainable packaging for us uh, as well for the future. And in the same spirit, we would love for our packaging in uh, in Asia to be uh, not ending up in rivers or oceans or in nature today. Eventually, we would love that packaging to be circular as well. Now, the mm -hmm. solutions may differ, but the acknowledgement of that problem needs to be universal. Yes, and I, I think it is. And um, there are a lot of people working on solving this problem right now. Um, but we have heard reports that some manufacturers are actually pushing against a plastics treaty. Um, why is that? And is this counterintuitive then for Mars to support something like this? Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's a, it's a great question, and I think for a lot of people, the I think the the expectation would be that business is as a gut reaction against regulation, uh, and and I think that's that's a mistake. Uh, it's either a mistaken uh, understanding of what business wants, or it's a mistake for businesses to think that that's what they want. Um, so I think in that vein. Mars believes in a world in the future where the planet is healthy and where our packaging is circular. So when we look at the plastics treaty, we think it helps us on that journey towards that better future that we all want. So in fact, for us, it was it was a pretty easy sell. So this actually aligns very well with what the planet needs and what we want as a business. Now, others may have analyze this uh, differently which i you know i will let them answer to that but uh, but it certainly 
it fits extremely well with the values of our company and the and the sustainable packaging uh, agenda uh, for Mars. One of the things that you said earlier that I absolutely loved was that plastic sometimes is the best packaging material for a product or a situation. And um, sometimes it's the best material for economic reasons as well, which of course, you know, we're all in a business. We can't discount the economic area of that. But um, that's, you know, economic is just one area. You've got the product protection, you've got uh, shelf life, all of that. So how are all those factors going to be taken into account in the treaty? Or I guess, you know, maybe the bigger question here is how is the the treaty going to impact plastic packaging and, you know, maybe manufacturers' choices in uh, the packaging materials that they decide to use? So I think all of those are great questions that uh, that I think remains to be seen. This is what the next two years is is, is going to show as the negotiations uh, proceed in, in the UN. Uh, and any, anybody will understand that getting uh, alignment among 193 uh, countries in the UN is is not a simple uh, task. I so we appreciate so. <laughs> that, and, and that, and I don't necessarily envy the negotiators uh, here. But 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 it's an important work nonetheless. So I think the way we think about this is. Again, it's going to catalyze the work to uh, make packaging and, and plastics in particular more circular in the future. And what it's going to do, practically speaking, for a, uh, for a company like ours is it's going to drum up the issue of plastic packaging waste, which is helpful to us because we need our suppliers of packaging material. We need governments around the world. We need the big recycling infrastructure to all align on how we address this issue. Now, I can think of nothing else than a signal from the UN being a better catalyst for bringing all of these uh, uh, players together. We shouldn't expect it to solve all of our problems. It's not gonna give us answers to all of our uh, uh, big dif difficult questions here. But what it is gonna do is it's gonna bring us together around a common issue, and that's where the solutions will arise. Okay. Um, it sounds like the treaty is, well, I'm, I'm not sure, um, is the goal of the treaty, and this is very slight uh, difference in language, is the goal of the treaty to reduce the use of plastics or to reduce the pollution of plastics? Because that's a, a slightly different, different reason. It is, and I think I think that that depends on uh, on the plastic and on the circumstance. So I think the way that we think about the the um, the treaty and what it's going to do is it, it is not going to send the signal that all plastic is bad, because it would have been a different treaty. Uh, we could have uh, we could have worked towards the total ban instead, uh, which frankly wouldn't have helped anybody. Um, what I think is, is important with the treaty is that we get to a stage where it recognizes that some plastics that we have used in the past are bad because we don't have a good way to uh, discard of them afterwards. We don't have a way to recycle them. And when they end up in nature, they're deeply problematic. Those plastics, we should frankly get rid of. Now, Mars has already, uh, uh, along with other uh, signatories of, of the Ellen MacArthur work, uh, work towards eliminating uh, plastics like that. So PVC, for instance, for us, 
was an early target and, and we've essentially eliminated that uh, now from our portfolio. We don't want it in there. Um, there's other uh, ways also where plastic becomes problematic when you mix materials because it's too hard to recycle it in, in, in its sort of after use uh, phase. So the question is, a, or the answer is a bit more nuanced than let's ban plastic or let's ban this uh, packaging format. We should think about it as we should use plastics and we should use the good forms of plastics. And that means plastics where we have technologies that can either compost it or recycle it or reuse it. Okay, Anders, uh, one point that I want to make here, though, is that I think in most circular economy plans that they, they really are looking at the full life cycle, not just the end of life. Is this treaty going to do the same? We certainly hope so, uh, because I think it is important to think about this in a, in a circular way. Uh, we we want to think about packaging material as something that in the best cases can be used over and over again or uh, that can uh, easily compost into nature or that we can treat uh, and recycle so that the material can be used for, for plastic uh, packaging, uh, ideally for us, for food packaging, again, uh, uh, when you're done with it. Yes, there is a lot of... Um description of what it means to have a circular system, whether it's the material going back into the same material or being reused in some other way. And um, I think, uh, I know that you say that it's the next two years that a lot of this is going to be decided, but I would certainly hope that the, the treaty does um, take advantage of the uh, many, many options that we have for plastic package and making it a little bit more circular. And that's, you know, also um, perhaps on the recycling side, looking at chemical or molecular advanced recycling, whatever it is that you call it. Um, do you think that the people who are going to be working on this treaty are going to be up on all these options that we have, um, specifically this newer technology? Well, that's our hope, and uh, we're certainly doing our part to to make sure that the, that they that they do. And I and I have big faith in them. Uh, again, it's going to be a, it's going to be a difficult task for them to get alignment uh, amongst uh, more than 190 nations. But but I but I I mean I sympathize a lot with that question. In my in my past, I worked in the in the bottling industry, and and as you know, a lot of investments for decades have gone into recycling PET. Uh, which means for a lot of our uh, our bottles today, plastic bottles, we have good solutions for recycling them. But that's because we decided it was important and we worked together to set up the infrastructure behind it. I think the time has come to, to do the same for other plastic packaging formats in the same spirit as we did it for PET uh, uh, bottles uh, in, in the past. And, and the journey isn't over, of course, with, with PET bottles. But you find some of the early movers on this my own country is is at a, a, a plus 93% recycling rate for their PET bottles. It's massive, but it means it can be done. Now, very little investment has gone into recycling flexible packaging, which uh, a lot of our uh, portfolio consists of. But but we know the solution is out there with uh, with advanced recycling. We know it's possible. But just like for the PET bottles, we need 
good sorting to happen. We need the consumer to discard of it in the right way. We need us as producers to design the products in the right way so we don't mix materials, so we eliminate the materials that shouldn't be there uh, to begin with. And then we need basically a, an infrastructure that consists of regulation from governments around the world, the very same people who are negotiating the treaty right now, to recognize that this is a, a, a recycling option that should be out there. We need incentives for investments to come into this industry, uh, and we need some of the big recycling industry players uh, to uh, to invest and to to bet on this technology. And that's exactly what we what we were starting to see happen, and what we hope to see happen now at speed uh, as the plastic uh, treaty progresses. Anders, I want to um, follow up on two things that you've said there. One is a, a comment on PET. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because it allows me to make the point that one of the reasons why PET is doing so well from a recycling point of view is because the recyclet, the RPET, is in high demand for uh, other packages that want to include recycled content into them. So that is uh, definitely making a business case for PET, and that is an incredible success story, whether that could be uh, replicated with other plastic materials. I know there's a lot of people that are hoping that it can, uh, specifically in packaging for uh, polyethylene, polypropylene. Uh, so um, yes, um, recycled content is helping to do have the pull for being able to recycle the material. Exactly, and I think it's it's exactly that market mechanism that we've seen at work that, that we are seeing now for other packaging formats. Uh, and that starts with us as producers sending very clear demand signals that we want recycled material because that makes it interesting for people to invest in that in that industry. Uh, but the wheel only turns if you have the infrastructure in place in the countries, which is why we are spending so much time as, as producers. And I know a lot of the recyclers are on the same journey, talking to governments and explaining to them that we want that circular option, not just in PET, we want it for other plastic packaging uh, formats uh, out there. Then we as producers and and Mars has committed to this uh, already years ago, we'll make sure that, that on the design side, we will make sure that our, our packaging uh, formats fit that infrastructure, but we will need infrastructure change all over the world, basically, on this. Yes, and one of the areas that you already talked about was flexible packaging, and it's pretty exciting how much development is going on right now with end of life for flexible packaging from a, a recycling point of view, as well as you know just a reuse point of view. Um, so earlier I said there were two things that I wanted to follow up on of what you had talked about. And earlier, uh, one of the words that you used that kind of made my, uh, my ears uh, stick up was incentives. So let's talk a little bit about that. And I know this is all still just you know in the works, but um, what do you think is going to be the incentive for organizations and the UN member countries to adhere to this treaty? Um, do, you, do you see it as evolving where it's going to be uh, a carrot and a stick? you know, incentives and then also some uh, punitive, um, maybe uh, 
incentive and the uh, and the negative side of things? Yeah, I think I think this problem is so big and complex that it will require us uh, using pretty much all the tools we have in our toolkit. And again, it might sound counterintuitive that we as a business would would uh, would welcome this. And and we're not uh, welcoming this naively uh, with our eyes closed. We're very much going into this with open eye with open eyes. Uh, and I think we have we've uh, we've supported at at Mars uh, the setting up of of funding mechanisms or financial mechanisms through extended producer responsibility schemes around the world that that recognize that there is a bill to be paid on this. But at the same time, these systems should incentivize producers like us deciding the right packaging formats, ideally also government setting up the right infrastructure because we have a shared interest in these systems actually working. Um, so I think I think it will be a, a mix. I think as a business, Mars has decided that we we don't need an incentive to go into this space. We've already set ambitious targets. Uh, so what we need right now is for others to follow along and agree that this is a challenge and agree that we work together on it, which is why the packaging treaty, again, uh, is helpful in, in sort of pushing that along. Yes, uh, sometimes people do need a little bit of a, a kick in the butt to get moving. <laughs> yeah. Bit of a nudge, um, yes. Yeah, nudge. Okay, that's a that's a, a much better phrase than kick in the butt. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Anders, I know you you've mentioned two years. You know, this is going to be negotiated over the next two years. Um, do you have any more insight into the schedule of this or the timeline? for when you think it might be written, when it might be accepted, um, and maybe even looking a little bit far out the um, compliance states? No, I think I think it's it's such a complex process that the that the negotiators are embarking on now, and I think uh, in a lot of ways the best thing we can do is give them give them a bit of space to uh, to to get this set up right, uh, make sure they have the right information needed for this, and then I think in the meantime, as a producer, the world is not going to stand still for us for two years uh, by any means. We've set ourselves ambitious targets. And we're right in the middle of delivering them. So, so we're going to muscle on and continue with what we can control, uh, which, again, for us, a large part of that is the design piece. We are redesigning 12,000 different packaging units as Mars alone. This is a massive task. Now, if the listeners could see your facial expression, they, they would, uh, I think, uh, understand the, the magnitude of that challenge. It's absolutely massive. Um, so this is everything from us. And we were happy to announce, as, as some have just celebrated Easter, that that 97% of our Easter egg packaging portfolio now in the UK is completely without plastics. So just imagine going a few years back, you unpack your Easter eggs, and there's several layers of plastic packaging in there, some of which is essential, some of which you could probably live without. But now you can go down to a store in the, in, in, in London and, and buy our are Easter eggs completely without plastic packaging around it. These are massive, massive steps for us uh, because there was a reason we've relied on uh, several layers of plastic packaging around our eggs in the past. It was because it protected them and it gave consumers that delightful experience they get when they when they see an, an Easter egg. We all want that. We don't want to compromise any of these things. So for us as producers to find different material, to find different solution, that innovation process is absolutely massive. That's not going to stand still for the next two years. We're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to 
explore options for our pet food uh, business to have refill options in stores or to have packaging formats with less plastic or without plastic entirely or with different forms of plastic. Uh, so, so that's going to continue. And I have no doubt that, that the recycling industry is going to continue also planning towards that new future where the treaty is in place, the government will ratify it, and we will actually live towards solving these world problems. Yes, uh, very interesting, Anders, all that you are uh, already doing, all that Mars is already doing and will continue to do. In some conversations that I've had with other food companies, they we've um, also and other uh, sustainable packaging experts, uh, one of the trends that we're seeing also is that a lot of companies are rethinking the barrier needs of their packaging and um, fitting that more to a realistic shelf life of the product turns. And uh, that is helping a lot of these companies reduce the uh, the um, the uh, size of the packaging, not the size. What, what am I talking about? The thickness. Um, yes. Um, reduce, just reducing overall packaging weight. That's the, the word I was looking for. And, um, you know, making some strides from a sustainability area that way um, by doing that. Yeah. And I think, you know, a, a lot of producers like us have been on that journey for a long time, whether that's reducing headspace that's not needed and the sort of the top of the packaging, let's let's get rid of it or let's make the plastic even thinner and let's see how thin we can make it without it breaking. So I think a company like ours will have harvested a lot of those low hanging fruits and have, have reduced our uh, use of packaging per volume tremendously uh, because of that over the years. I think where we are getting to now is that that we can't reduce our way out of this problem. Um, yeah. So reduce is going to continue to be one lever for us to pull. Uh, there are, uh, you know, there are there are uh, areas where we can remove a bit more headspace or where we can reduce the packaging a little bit or where we can maybe mix um, um, the the inner and the outer layer of our packs and 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 reduce plastic as such in there, but but again we can't reduce our way entirely out of the problem. We will need to innovate out of the the problem as well, um, and that innovation leads us into either totally new packaging materials or packaging materials we've known for years, but where we indeed had those barrier problems uh, or the shelf life problems. Um, or it could be uh, the recycle content uh, to your point that we that we find solutions where the plastic packaging continues to cycle in a loop uh, of of a uh, of a positive uh, circle where where it doesn't end up as waste which again is 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 the main problem that we're trying to solve here it is Anders, um, thank you so much for all your time in explaining this and um, telling us Mars's position on all of this. I love that we're ending on a very positive note of you talking about innovation. And um, I just am anxious to see what uh, solutions Mars comes up with that then we can share with uh, the Packaging Digest audience. So Anders, well Thank you so much. 
Well, thanks so much for having me. And, and indeed, do look out for these packaging innovations. There's some exciting stuff uh, in, in store for you, whether you're a chocolate lover or a, or a pet friend. There's a ton of innovations coming out there. So, so we're certainly excited about it and, and excited also to be able to have this conversation, Lisa, because it is a big and, and important issue for us. Yes, it is. And um, again, just very anxious to see what you guys come up with. Thank you, Anders. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you.